welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about that hard-fought victory at the wreck, which meant Bristol got their first win there for 14 years. We also look ahead to the game next weekend against Harlequins and do a roundup of rugby news from the Premiership and beyond. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined by Lee, Miles, and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, Pete, thank you very much for for hosting this week in your your luxurious new new room that's that's got a little sofa in it now. Well, you know, it, it is the podcast studio is developing slowly. Uh, we do now have a sofa, and we do have a, a fluffy um, lamp thing, lampshade. <laughs> Just wanted yeah. to ask you, who did the decorating? I uh, a local decorator uh, work recommended word of mouth. Yeah. Apparently, uh, you know, very very popular in the local BS three area, and um, you know, I got to say, I thought he did a quite a good job. I, I do. I, I own, the only thing I think though is the, the just the slight lack of respect by the 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 boxer shorts there drying on the radiator oh, yeah. while we're, we're trying to record. Oh no, I'm, I'm right next to them. I didn't realise they are. Look at that. They are clean, yeah. yeah. Well, by definition, they have just been cleaned. So <laughs> you know, don't get too upset. Yeah, you, you, but yes, boys. Yeah, good to see you back again. You could have put them away, couldn't you? Right, boys. How are we feeling tonight after that win? I should just tell the listeners we're recording this on Sunday evening, uh, Sunday afternoon. We were all round at Lee's. Um, who very kindly hosted us with a, a fabulous chili, uh, and we watched the game at his house. Um, and let's say I think we had a good time, nail biting, but a good time. Lee, your thoughts on today's game before we talk about specific performances? Yeah, I mean it was nail biting, team. I mean, I don't think any of us really, you know, could relax until literally the eighty-second minute when the game was finished. But um, fantastic result and. Really, really pleased uh, to get that win. Pete, your thoughts? Yeah, it was it was stressful. Um, that said, we were all expecting it, weren't we? I mean, I think everybody was expecting it to be a, uh, a close arm wrestle of a game. Um, so, so you know, I suppose we should have been a bit more prepared for the the stresses and strains. And it's not as if we uh, we haven't seen Bristol cough up possession in their 22 <laughs> before or not get a line out after a penalty uh, so there were there were some of the old failures in there but as a spectacle of proper sport uh, what a finish I mean that last 10 minutes we were there was defibrillators everywhere in uh, <laughs> Lee's living room it was one for the usuals wasn't it yeah that chilli was being regurgitated left right and centre uh, but yeah I mean Ultimately, what a great, what a result. The result is everything. Um, Absolutely. And Mars, can I come to you? Because if you looked at social media before the game, there was so much Mickey taking out of that bath pitch. But actually, what? How did you, were you quite surprised how it how it looked today? Uh, I was yeah, I was surprised it held together. Didn't even the commentators suggested it. The groundsman has done a good job, held together pretty well. There were some sticky patches in the uh, either end, weren't there? Um, and we're not we talking. Saw, we're not talking about the boxing shorts there. <laughs> no, not really. And as we saw, a number of the scrum collapses were just due to the uh, the, the pat slipping over. But yeah, I mean, it was more of a running game than we all expected. I thought so. 
Fair play to the wreck. Out, uh, outdid its expectations, really. Yeah, good game. Absolutely. So let, let's talk about some of those performances. And I mean, you know, I, I, it, it's difficult to single people out because that, that was the ultimate, I think, 23-man uh achievement really but Pete I think you've you've got some people you wanna you wanna talk about. Well it was it was a good stat that I picked up on straight after the game that um there were eight Bristol Bears players that made ten or more tackles uh, in that game. Uh, Ed Holmes twenty one, Joe Joyce eighteen, Chris Louie fourteen, Callum Sheedy thirteen, Sean Moulton thirteen, Jan Thomas eleven, Jake Wilmore ten and Stephen Luatoa 10. And if you think about those three, Moulton, Thomas, well, they only, were only on for a half as well. Yeah. And then uh, the, the key stat was the fact that not one Bath player made more than 10 tackles. Now that tells us about the pattern of the game, but it also shows what a shift the engine room did. And we did talk about that during the game, about Holmes, Joyce and Vui. How they, they were on that pitch for the whole time, that quagmire, Realistically, it was a bit of a quagmire, and the amount of work those boys put in—I mean, that, you know—that that was really the story of the game to me. Lee, you want to say something? Yeah, I'm, I was going to say that's the, I mean, those stats. I mean, they do bear out what we were thinking when we were watching the game. But uh, I think the the thing that stands out for me most is at the top of those that that trio there, Holmes, Joyce, and Vui. A lot of those tackles went completely under the radar as well. I mean, Holmes. I can't remember his name being mentioned that often. Well, to be honest, quite a, lot of those, quite a lot of those tackles were probably on our on our line, weren't they, in the first yeah, at the end yeah. of that first half? But you know, it's that that just proves you know they didn't score in that that period of play, did they? So uh, you know that's where it comes from. Yeah. One of our followers on uh, Twitter has uh, sent a message in. It's Nick Howe at N E Howe seventy six. Uh, and Nick says, for me, it was the defensive attitude today. The shift was immense. In the NFL, they say def- defense wins you championships. Can that be the same in rugby? Well, you know, that, that was a victory that was built on defense, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we started fast, got that early try. Uh, Chris Voy. Oh, when he stretched, when we saw that <laughs> ball bubble away, we weren't quite sure. I think we thought, probably got the downward pressure um, and I think the first angle that they showed on the telly it looked alright but then they showed another one didn't they yeah. and it was oh. the one that was in real time did look a bit oof yeah but, but I mean I think he's I think he's right Tony can I just remind you that it's defence not defence we're, we're, we're referring to the NFL as an example yeah we're talking about English sport rugby yeah but Nick Howell to be fair was talking about American NFL. football specifically yeah. so that's uh, yeah thank you Lee. fair enough yeah. but you. actually he did spell it wrong as well didn't he on that tweet defence so, uh, we're, we're, we're all over the place stop being teacher but I think yeah. the point is I mean you know a, a good house has a fancy house has to have good foundations you know, so I, I think any rugby team has got to have a strong defence because... Uh, um... And I think you're right. I mean, you know, the stat was over 200 Bristol tackles. I think we all agree we were on the edge of Lee's sofas more when we were camped on our um, on our scrum line, weren't we? Yeah. For a good 20 minutes, more than our sort of attacking uh, display. I mean, the defence was amazing, but... God, nail-biting stuff, and I would not want to repeat that week in, week out, really. But great effort for the boys. Already this season, to be fair. 
And I, I thought I thought Luatoa again was was just immense as well. Um, I, I suppose for me the only slight disappointment um, would probably be around Sean Moulton. Um, now he had that amazing game against Gloucester, um, but. Um, you know, I know. I know. On the commentary, they were saying some of the lineouts that went astray. Was it his throw, or was it the, the the timing and the lifting? But to me, you know, the timing is all about the hooker. Really, mm. he, he's got to be there and looking. Um, and I thought it was a tactical master plan by Pat when he brought on that new front row. I think Max Laheef as well. I can only imagine the banter Laheef was giving that his old Bath mates in that front row. Um, but you know, Walmart, Capon, um, uh, Lahif, you know, didn't they just open things up as well? Uh, and 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 we were absolutely solid in that scrum. And to think we won this game against the local rivals, and there was that yellow card as well. Mm. And was it they, they, got, they got three nothing. points? Was it three points at the very end? Yeah. But yeah. again, they just were not allowed to play. Um, can we talk about? Callum Sheedy, uh, again, I think, you know, the guy is getting better and better and the the vision for the uh, Leoa try. Lee, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we, we've said, you know, a few times on our pods, haven't we, that, 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 you know, right at the start of the season, there was elements that Sheedy had to work on. But, I mean, since kind of, I think it was the, was the Leicester game and he came out and started mixing it up a bit and he has been immense. And I'll tell you what, with, with that injury... Today to Priestland, and Wells are going to be looking for a number 10 because they're running short. And Chidi's probably one of the only fit number 10s that is uh, it's available at the moment. So we could be, he could be asked a question this week. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's, already, he's already had a fitting in an England shirt, hasn't he? So he has. it was obviously, I think he felt that was quite nice and comfortable that time he played against the Barbarians. So I think Wales would have to... Have to uh, have to push it a little bit with him. It's difficult, isn't it? Because when you look at England, you've got uh, Ford and Farrell in front of him. Um, you know, um, they've got some good fly halves when they're fit in Wales as well. Um, not an easy decision, I think, for, for Sheedy, which way he, he would go if the, the, the call is made. Um, but can you believe that? We did the double over... Bath, brilliant. First win there since two thousand and six. Um, I'm going to come to you, each of you in turn now. How how far can this team go this season? And I'm going to I'm going to ask Miles first. We're we're sitting pretty in third place in the league. Um, you know, what's your expectations now? That's four wins on the bounce. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they did post-match interview with Pat. He's certainly not getting ahead of himself because he was pressed on this point, wasn't he? Um, that could you be top four? Could you be in the playoffs? And he said, well, it's only our second season back in the Prem. We're still aiming for top six. And as we were highlighting today, one loss today would have changed the position between potentially seventh and third, just like that. But we're really lucky to get the win today. Well, not lucky. We played very well, but that meant that we back up to third. I mean, yeah, top four, it's still going to be tough. The team's pressing on our heels, and I think I'd still be happy with a solid top six, I think. Lee, top six or top four for you? I No, I, I don't want to dumb this down, but I, I agree with Miles. I think that 
the table is still very, very tight. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want us to feel like we're getting above ourselves. I mean, I, I do think that top four is definitely achievable, but I think it, like Miles said at the moment, let's, let's, let's aim for the top six in anything. Oh, anything in the top six could, could be one to six. So, but I do think that this season is building nicely for next season. And when we've got our, um, our new additions, wow, I, I really do think next season could be interesting. Pete, your thoughts, where, where can this team go? I think, I think realistically, anywhere in the top six and six, five, six is, is realistic. I think we've got to remember that we're two years in to this rehashed premiership project with a, a top-level coach, coach, some players are, are learning the game, sprinkled with a few quality players as well, a few sort of marquee players. But we are still lacking in consistency at key moments of time. And, you know, we saw this again today, passes that go astray, uh, precision that isn't quite there. And although we are, you know, we've got a fantastic brand of rugby we've got some great players like Piatau today really proved his worth again you know incredible we, we know we've got that but to be a real um, to be real operators at the highest level we've got to get that consistent we can't afford to like miss three line outs off penalties like we did today we can't afford to to, to sort of miss passes and, and drop things you know the, the top top sides We'll get that consistency, but we we'll get that. We're two years in. Give it a year, another year or two. I reckon. I reckon realistically, if you put Pat on the spot and said, "When do you think we'll win this? Win this?" He'll say three or four years down. You know, from when I came. I don't think he'd expect to win it this year. Well, I'm going to be more optimistic. I've had a fab- fabulous chili, and despite looking at, at Pete's boxer shorts, I'm going to say I think this team can make top four this season. I think I think the the players are there, the attitude is there, and what we didn't see last year is the ability to grind out wins. Now I know we had that little mm. blip over Christmas with London Irish and Wasps, uh, but you think now this team has gone to Exeter and won. It's gone to Northampton and won. It's gone to Bath and won. It's been every team that's above them in the league. Um, now. Uh, I, I don't think it's unrealistic for us to to target fourth place in this league or potentially third. I, I think we're absolutely looking like a top six team, but I, I, I think we've got a real shot at the playoffs. And I think if we can, um, if we're lucky with injuries, um, I, I think this group can do some amazing stuff. Um, and, you know, without wanting to count chickens... You know, I'm hoping they can beat Dragons in the European quarterfinal, that we can have a semi-final and a shot of uh, 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 some silverware in, in the final. Well, I, I mean, I was going to say, actually, what will be interesting is this next little block of games that we've got. Because mm. we've got, obviously, Queen's <clears throat> coming up, and then we've got some really tough games. I mean, we've got Gloucester, haven't we? We've got Saris to play. You know, this this next run of four or five games is, is going to see, and then, obviously, we've got the quarterfinals against Dragons. So... Totally love the optimism too, and I think that this next four or five games now we'll see exactly when yeah. we come out the other side of that. See I mean, where we are. Tony, you were. I've got to say that was a very passionate defence of grinding as well. You did there, bump and, and uh, grind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I like the way you highlighted the fact that uh, grinding is, uh, is something that's new for the, the Bears. So yeah, perhaps you. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, I just think it's a very, very competitive league. I mean, it's brilliant that it's competitive. 
you know, now for various reasons. So I think uh, I think we'd be very, very disappointed if we didn't make top six. But it is very tight. And uh, I think, I mean, I'm sure everybody's aiming for, like Joycey said, I mean, Joycey was interviewed and he said, he said, I know it's a cliche, but we take every game at a time. And I think actually doing that is the best way. Stop really thinking, you don't want to think about stuff like this and just think about the game and just think about grinding. Let me throw this back at you, Mr. Bump and Grind then. Tell me if you, nice, you if, if you think that maybe we won't make top four, you think more top six, which are the four teams... Pete, that are going to finish above us. Okay, Exeter, Sale. You're struggling, listeners. You're struggling I was just thinking, now. I'm trying to think of other teams. It's got a well. I mean, Bath aren't far off, are they? I mean, they, you know, they're they're not a bad outfit now. He's showing um, his old colours now, isn't he? <laughs> Hang on, you ask a question. You've got you've got to accept yeah. the answers you get. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, tell you right. Wasps are on a bit of a charge. Yeah. Uh, Northampton dropping off a bit, but they could easily get back on. I mean, I just think, I think if we were fifth below Exeter, uh, Exeter, um, Sale, Northampton and Wasps, you know, it's possible. But That's amazing. Um, you, haven't, you haven't put Gloucester in the mix. Well, they, I know, they, I know, yeah, they they're dropping through the, they're they're through the trap door, aren't they? They're three, four, they are at the moment. moment. Yeah. Well, let's have a look at some of those other results from this weekend. Um, today uh, looked like a great game at the Majetsky Stadium. London Irish 26, Wasp came back big time. Mm-hmm. 36, Wasp are on a bit of a roll yeah. now since uh, um, the, the, there was the change of... Uh, was Di Young left. Um Leicester 14, Worcester 8. I mean, that was the battle of the basement, really. Putting Saracens aside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, Leicester getting that win. It would have been fascinating if Saracens hadn't, you know, if they, if, if they didn't have the points deduction. Because I think Leicester and Worcester are the two teams at the moment on form are looking like the ones although, to struggle. Although we were very impressed with Leicester, uh, with Worcester last week at the gate, weren't we? I mean, they're a, they're a kind of... Must be a bit frustrating being a Warriors fan at times because, you know, they've got quality there as well. We we, we were impressed, but you know the table they doesn't lost. lie. No, they've, it doesn't. They've, they've they've lost and lost away at uh, a fellow struggler there. Um, I think maybe one of the surprises of the weekend was Harlequins thirty four, mm. Exeter thirty. Was there something controversial going on in that game, Tony? Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! A penalty try in uh, extra uh, in uh, after eighty minutes was it? Yeah, the ref had a bit of a shocker, didn't he? To be yeah, fair, he did. I mean, uh, an extra fans, they don't like penalty tries against them in the last <laughs> minute, do they? I mean, yeah, fancy that. Yeah, a bit of their own medicine. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a seesaw <laughs> game as well. Northampton twenty-one, Saracens twenty-seven. Um, it just makes you wonder, you know, how good is this Wasp team that put 60 on Saracens and they come back and uh, win away at Franklin They're Gardens? My, my dark horse, Tone. What, Saracens? No. They'd have to be really dark. Wasps. <laughs> Wasps. Wasps, OK. And, of course, that the Friday night game, Gloucester 17, Sale 23. And is, is that four defeats now, I think, on the bounce? It is. Yeah. Gloucester, yeah. so... Uh, you know they're struggling, and um, as as people might know, we talk, uh, we we write a column for the Bristol Post on Monday. It's also available on Bristol Live um, from Monday afternoon. And one of the things we've talked about in this week's column is is the epicentre of um, West Country rugby shifting towards BS three. Uh, and certainly, you know, I started watching Bristol in the nineties, and um, you know. Pretty much for the last 
20, 30 years, we've been looking at the wreck in MV. Um, you know, Gloucester have had some tremendous teams in that time. But was that, uh, the, uh, was that the 1890s too? It, it wasn't, in <laughs> fact. It, it was the, uh, the 1990s. But uh, you think of the setup that we've got with the backer with Lansdowne, with uh, an exceptional coach with Pat Lamb, with people like Sinclair and Radrada coming next season with that fantastic training ground as well actually is 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 the 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 center the the power shifting towards bristol from the traditional strongholds of bath and gloucester yes exeter have got a fabulous team but you look at everything that we've got off the pitch there isn't any reason in the next two to three years why bristol can't be a dominant force not only in the west country but in the whole of the country I think it's without question, Tony. I mean, I think everything you've just listed there is 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 um, it's amazing with the possible developments, as you said in the in the future. I'd say not only the focus but the epicenter yeah, of, um, of of national rugby. It's what Let's get a bit bigger. What we've said over the last two or three years, isn't it? I mean, it, it, people, you know, could say we're you know a bit optimistic or big headed, but actually, when you just sum up all those parts there, and you think this is this is a club aiming for the top well and also what it is is we've always had Lansdowne Steve Lansdowne's money but now we've put money with vision and a top yes. top level coach it just goes to show what, what is possible and I think you know I think we're going to have a legacy of this these few years to in years to come yeah if we can just get the, the bobble hat sorted we'll, well, we'll be unstoppable <laughs> yeah You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, on to next Next weekend, uh, that, by the way, that was not someone having a wee. That was tilt the glass. That, that, that was Pete tilt. pouring. I want pouring to get a bit of a head on it. Um, oh, and by the way, I've, I've done my dry February. It's the first of March. Mm-hmm. St David's Day. Well done, sir. Uh, yes. Yeah, I've got, I've got a beer in front of me. Yeah. In fact, it's a uh, fifteen pints. Can we do a cheers. T- cheers. Let's uh, let's raise our glasses. Break the minute. Cheers. Um, so next weekend, Harlequins at home. Um, now, after that performance, they put in against Exeter, um, you know, c- can I come to Miles? How, how confident are you that we can we can get the victory? Uh, well, I mean, I watched the, the full game, the, uh, the, the, the Queen's-Exeter game, and I really was sort of hoping that Exeter would absolutely smash them. But really, though, up until... I mean, it was tit for tat. There was try, try to either end. But in the last 15 minutes, the Quinns pack just dominated. And I just never thought I'd see that. So a few concerns, really, that Quinns are a much better, stronger side than I was predicting. But home game, coming to the gate, a great pitch, hopefully some running rugby again. Um... Quinns have got a lot of their injury cover back, so I think it's going to be a lot tougher than we would predict. But let, let's just hope for the win, yeah. Lee, can I come to you? Because I think I think we were all agreed that we were surprised with one or two of the selections that Pat made for the starting 15 for the Bath game. Now, 
tactically it worked and was that a, a, a 15 that was going to play on that pitch um, and it wasn't going to be maybe the natural Bears game but what changes do you see to the starting 15 for the Quinns game next weekend? Well one that, that stands out for me massively is obviously Dan Thomas coming back in it at seven I mean I don't know what's happened why he wasn't playing today or not but I mean that for me that game today at the wreck was perfect for a Dan Thomas um, just because he's the, you know the mischief the naughtiness that he provides to our team is is massive so Dan Thomas comes back um, I did think it was a, a masterclass from Pat and today we're bringing on a complete new front row for the second half because you know they they we were camped on our line for quite a period of time and Pat was saying it was already the plan before. Um, so obviously I think Big Nathan definitely comes back in at number eight. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I think we're, we're pretty much, it, it, that was horses for co- courses today, but I think obviously the Quinns were, were going back to, hopefully Big Dave Atwood would be, uh, would be back and probably in a at lock, you know, and then we're back to kind of our, our more usual team, I'd say. Okay, Pete, can I come to you? What yeah. about the front row? Who do you think is going to start in that front Queens. row? I think uh, well, it's, it's a tricky one. I think Jake will be straight to be back in. I thought Jake had a had a had a good second half when he came on, albeit looking like he was straying offside quite a lot. But I think Jake will start. I think it's going to be a it'll be a tough one. I think uh, Will Capon. Might come on with his cap on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of. Pre- I think I predicted he might start this one. We did, and I, I can understand now, in hindsight, why he didn't. But and then, um, well, I don't know. I mean, Max Lahifi looked pretty. Apart from the first scrum he had when he slipped over and fell flat on his face, um, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder whether Lahifi will get a start. I suppose it depends whether a foe is yeah, injury, whether, yeah. whether he's going to be back. Um, Miles, who starts at scrum half for you? Because obviously we saw a change there today. <clears throat> um, you know, who, who do you think is going to get the number nine jersey? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we were probably all a little surprised to see Urin starting as we commended the uh, randall Sheedy partnership, hadn't we? But tactically, apart from one loose kick outside the 22 straight into touch, Urin's uh, kicking game did the job today, didn't it? Uh, until Randall came on in the last 20 minutes but the style of the play and the running sort of game that we play on our own at Ashton Gate um, I think I'd start back to Randall Sheedy again and then have Erin on the bench to be perfectly honest with you Okay. Do we? Does anybody see any other changes? I think the the rest of the back line looks pretty pretty settled to me Um, you know, yeah. I, I suppose we don't Purdy know. Purdy's, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think to to change any of them actually, unless it, it's more about giving people a little bit of a breather. They all uh, played well today as well. He, he did, you know, and I don't see necessarily Purdy pushing him out of, of that spot. And, and Charles Pieter, I mean, what can you yeah. say? Class. I mean, you know, he the stats that he's number one for um, it's just unbelievable mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I just think it's a privilege to watch him play actually and mm-hmm. um, you know I think if we're doing this podcast in 10 years time we'll be we'll be talking about him and reflecting back on on you know what what he was able to do for this team 
Um, interestingly, while, while we're recording this now, um, another another tweet, uh, John Ellis, at John Ellis, um, has come in. Question, and I'm, we've kind of covered this, but I'm going to ask you for a specific number this time. What are your end-of-season placing predictions for Bristol? So I am going to go straight in there, and I'm going to say third. Right, Number four for me. You're going four? Miles, oh, we were really, I was really pessimistic on our, about our second and third podcast, wasn't I? And stuck us at something dreadful like eighth or ninth. But I'm glad to say I'm going to push us up to fifth. Right, so we've got a third, third fourth, and fifth. <laughs> I think obviously, based on what I said earlier, I can't, I can't really go. Well, I know I said top six, didn't I? So I, I could go higher than fifth. But I think now I'm going to be a realist. Tony, I'm going to be a realist, and I'm going to say sixth. Oh, three, four, five, and six. There we are, John. Well, no, um, going to be right. Interesting. Yeah, I hope so. Drop us, drop us a tweet, and let us know what 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 you think. Um, so that was the uh, the Queens game. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully, we can get that win and make it five on the bounce. So let's talk about uh, do do our roundup. Um, one of the things that uh, has broken today on Sunday is uh, potentially the Six Nations uh, going to Sky or a, a pay TV uh, broadcaster. Now, uh, to get your thoughts on that, boys, I'm going to come to Pete first. Well, first of all, I love it when these things come out. Everyone starts using phrases they don't use in normal everyday life, like paywall. I've been mentioning that today a few times. Um, I, I'm, I think that given that the licence fee is going up, we seem to be getting less and less on the BBC. I, I personally think uh, that it would it is poor. It's uh, if we lose one of those crown jewels, if we lose Six Nations rugby, yeah. um, and this is a time where someone's just got to step up. I mean, you know, rugby is not football. Rugby needs mass part. It's a, it's a it's a minority sport in terms of figures relative to football. Football can cope with pay pay TV. Rugby needs the the because I think about even when the Six Nations are on, there are people that watch it. My kids watch it, and I wouldn't. I don't necessarily think I'd pay. I'd pay um, pay for it just for that just so they could watch it. I think we'd lose a... We'd miss a trip. And I think this is one of these ones where someone's got to step up. Essentially, it's a game killer for, for yeah. rugby. Are you, you've got to say that lots of youngsters, how are they going to experience rugby for the first time if their parents maybe aren't rugby fans or, or big rugby fans? Um, I, 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 and again, I looked at the... Was it the Bristol Beer Tap? Um, and I think they showed the, the rugby on the big screen there. Yeah. It's uh, the... the uh, brewery bar on North Street um, and they, they don't pay for Sky you know that would be an incredible overhead for them to yeah. to pay for a full Sky Sports um, commercial licence just to show five or six games uh, a year or five or six weekends and I just think all those little pubs and bars and social clubs and rugby clubs that maybe 
can show the game and help to uh, bring an income to the you know to the sport and to the amateur game all of a sudden if it's slapped on sky and you've got a have to pay for a commercial license well it's it's not going to happen is it so that, that that would be very disappointing i think uh, we're we're all agreeing all agreed. on that. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen but uh, yeah you never know uh, and just staying with the Six Nations one of the things I was going to ask is uh, around actually coronavirus uh, the fact I think the, the Island Italy game is definitely off mm-hmm. obviously England have to go to Rome at the in the middle of March uh, for the final game uh, what are your thoughts about um the Six Nations and potentially having to finish the tournament later in the year or, or question mark, if France win all their games, do you finish the tournament at all? So let me come to uh, Miles first. Uh, yeah, this is a really obviously a unique position that the Six Nations tournament is being put in. Um, and as we found out, there isn't there are no free weekends, are there, to no. replay any of these matches? I mean, I hate to say, I haven't got a clue what the what the Six Nations governing body are going to do. Uh, you're right. I mean, do you do you stop it in a couple of weeks' time where all all uh, teams have played the same amount of teams? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, th- th- there's nothing that nothing that the organisers can do about it. But I don't know where. I don't know how we're going to finish this tournament. I really don't. Pete, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if it's uh, if 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 the coronavirus becomes even more serious, I think you know priorities will change, and you know they, you know, and if the, if it doesn't get finished, it doesn't get finished. I think you know there are a few precedents in the past of big sporting events that have never occurred. I, I'm thinking of the um, 1993 Grand National, yeah, the one that never yeah. was, mm. and. Uh, I mean, you know, we got over it, didn't we? And uh, it carried on. It'll be, it'll be a shame. But I mean, sometimes you've got to put things into perspective. And you know, we love our sport. Um, but if there's something a little bit more serious on the on the agenda, I think most people would accept that uh, that it that might have to be put to one side. Because the thing about sport, there's always going to be another Six Nations. There's always going to be another yeah. Premiership. There's always sport for us lovers. So, we, you know, I mean, to be honest, the big issue really is is the, the Olympics going to go ahead. I'd say that's oh, a bigger issue at the moment. Yeah. Not that it's got anything to do with rugby, well, a little bit, but, oh, um, sevens. you know, the sevens. So, you know, I think we'll just have to see how this plays out. And I, I reckon, you know, we'll, we'll find out. Okay, I'm going to go to another question that we've had on Twitter from Duncan W. Wright at dr underscore Duncan Wright. Um, Great win in dire conditions. Question for the pod. Should sides be fined for a substandard surface as they are in cricket? I'm going to come to you, Lee, to answer this. So many questions tonight. This is like a Christmas quiz all over again. Um, Never remind us of that. <laughs> quite, quite frank, nightmares. In, in my opinion, no. I, I don't think that um, clubs should be fined. I mean, if we're talking specifically about Bath and the wreck, I mean, obviously, we have to, uh, you know, we've just had three storms continuously battering our coastline and uh, the whole country for the last, what, month, mm. five weeks. Um, obviously, Bath's location is this right next to the river. Um, and like we actually said earlier, I was expecting that pitch to, to be a, a lot worse actually at playing addition than what it actually was. So, good good question, I think. But in my opinion, no, it's, it's um, 
No good. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you know Denzel down the pub? Yes. Well, Denzel knows a bloke that works for GWR and evidently Greta Thunberg, um, when she, she when she came to Bristol on the train, um, she was thinking of stopping off in Bath because of the good work that Bath Rugby are doing uh, for the environment, the, you know, turning their pitch back to natural marshland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she was really impressed with that. I think there was also the reusable scaffolding for, yeah. for their stand with, without a roof. Yeah. So obviously yeah. stopping their carbon footprint. Yeah. And she also commended them. So Denzel's mate said mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, to cut down on their CO2 emissions, they deliberately um, get out of Europe at the earliest possible stage every year. So to cut, <laughs> cut down on their travel commitments. So it's a very knowledgeable chap. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so Greta was very impressed with, with with Bath as a, an environmentally sound club. Um, I also remember Queen Victoria shut the curtains on the train um, through Bath, didn't she? Did she now? Remember that one back in the day? Well, I didn't know it's that. showing your age there, Lee. Well done. Right, and we, we've got another tweet that's coming today, yeah, this time from fast. Richard Peter Oliver, at Richard P. Oliver. Um, and he, he's talking about do we need to get lined up with the names of the West Country Derby so let me read the tweet out see if you agree with this if, mm-hmm. there's, if there's anything more we need to get specific with these West Country Derbies so Bristol versus Bath the A4 Derby agreed? yeah agreed Bristol versus Gloucester the A38 Derby yeah yeah, yeah. agreed Bristol versus Exeter the M5 Derby Yep. Yes. Yeah. Right. Bath versus Exeter, the A303 Derby. Definitely. Uh, and Exeter versus Gloucester, the A46. I don't know the A46. That's on that last That is great well, geography. Got, as a geography teacher, I've got to say that the A303 turns into the uh, A30, doesn't it? On the way to Exeter. Anyone who gets to Exeter? Honiton Way. Oh, you're yes. right. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh. Is it the A3030? Yeah. We, we probably would have learned that on job yeah. pod or something. A three oh three slash three thirty doesn't have quite the same ring. That no, one, does it? no. So uh, anyway, let's let's agree that today's Bristol versus Bath was the A four derby, and uh, we won that. Um, so, as anybody, any more for any more this week? Well, can I just say one thing? We I was going to mention it in the the Bath game, but it was it was the referee. Uh, based on the fact that last week. I had a bit of a moan. I didn't think refs were schoolmastery enough and gave away cheap stuff all the time. And but I thought today, Ian Tempest, uh, I thought I thought he was quite schoolmastery. And for the first time all season, I saw what I was yearning for last week, which, as quote I quote last week, a ten yarder. And he gave one of the he moved a free kick on ten yards in the game. One of the Bath players gave him a bit of verbals. And uh, I quite like that. I, I've been uh, I've been hoping. I've been waiting for that. He was, you know, he missed a few things. It's not it's not easy being a ref. But I like. I thought Tempest was all right today. I quite liked his school mastery sort of attitude towards the towards the players. You know, you're, they. You're, you're like Nostradamus, Pete. Aren't yeah. You, you prophesize on these things. Uh-huh. The week before. I, I also happening. the other thing I just reminded myself was, I oh, didn't you think Nathan Hughes came out with a, some of his forearm smashes today, his, his handoffs. I just wonder who's been working on that in the week because he seemed to do an awful lot of them. Right? They thought they were, they were verging a little bit on uh, 
I think he, he had Lee's face in his uh, in his, his mind <laughs> when he came on. He suddenly remembered the whole kebab shit because he took out a few bar players today. Well, I didn't know if there was a bit of inspiration from Tyson Fury there with, well, the, with the jab, yeah, actually, yeah. because, uh, you know, there's a few straight arms, wasn't like, there? Yeah, a lot of yeah. it was close, but he, I, he, he, he looked good when he came on, didn't he? He was. I mean, I mean let's just say, yeah, like, I mean, we think... Jordan's probably going to go back to his little cheeky under-18s academy coaching role after today, don't you think? By the looks of it, I think Jordan was as surprised as anybody when he got the call. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like the fact he clearly had forgotten how to play rugby because the first ruck, he just dived in sideways and flopped over the top <laughs> yeah, and yeah. got pinged, didn't he? And then yeah. looked a bit bemused by it. Um, so, yeah, I think it was uh, it was good to see. But, yeah, I just did wonder whether Nathan's been working on her. And you're job. right, I'd forgotten about the boxing. Yeah. it's. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's something we've got to look out for the Quinns game next Sunday. Yeah, well, if Tyson Fury is the uh, the Gypsy King, let's let's call Nathan the Kebab King. So uh, <laughs> hey, that's hey, it for this. Well, oh, just oh, oh, oh. two really really quick ones, really quick ones. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say, I mean, you know, we've we've given Wayne Barnes a bit of stick, haven't we, over the time? But I thought he was brilliant today on the on the TV, and some of the um, analysis uh, at the end was was fantastic, and just clearing a lot of stuff up. Um, and one other thing was Jake's, was it Jake and Nathan Hughes in the first half, the celebration, they did a little dance. Oh, yeah. They, they did. did. They, they did. They were through the some moves, moves, It was they? brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, that was, uh, they, a I think they practised that or if that was completely just that off looked, the cuff. That looked to me like, look rehearsed. To me. Was, it was yeah. a little hip sway, wasn't it? And there I was liked a, it. I mean, they've got. To, I mean, to be honest, after they finish training, what else do they do most of the time? They sit around down coffee shops, as far as I can tell. Very yeah. true. So uh, I imagine that was cooked up, and, and uh, yeah. the Costa in Westbury on trim. And one more, one more, one more. Okay, cool. we've got to mention the um, the sing song, the, the Blackbird. Blackbird. Oh yeah, on, on the, the pitch, on the wreck. You know why it was on the pitch? Because it couldn't fit more than about. You can't fit more than a team in the changing rooms at Bath, can you? So when you go... Well, we don't the, know people. We haven't been there before. Well, yeah. we, well we're not an insider. Like as a, you know, as part of my driving educational standards higher in the southwest, I did actually have the... the, uh, the I wouldn't say it was the pleasure. I had the... Uh, the uh, the interest to, to walk around those change rooms and they are disgraceful. I can tell you they are sub nineteen sixties comprehensive school changing room level. Well, I think that probably goes for the, pretty much the whole of the, uh, the ground <laughs> uh, bath. So here yeah. we are, four very happy Bristol Bears fans. Um, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week after the Harlequins games. So until then, come on, Bristol.